0: stuck for Christmas ideas we have a Christmas special finishing the 1st of January 2023 if you're in southeast Queensland book three manual lymphatic drainage and your fourth is half price drop us a line on podcast.lymphaticcare at gmail.com or call 0410 032 335 gotta go
1: Hi, I'm Michelle and I'm Harmony and we are Lymphatic Care, the Naked Truth. We are going to dive into the lymphatic system, discuss how the system has let clients down due to lack of resources, education and knowledge on the challenges that affect the lymphatic system. We are looking forward to sharing our stories and our experiences. Hi, Harms. Hi, Shell. How was your week? It's been beautiful. We've just got, gotten back from Grafton and um, my parents have just moved to a little town called Calliope and their neighbours are cows. Oh, so, whereabouts <laughs> is Calliope? Just, it's just outside of Almara. So um, you've got Grafton, it's like the big suburb, and then Almara is one of the little towns next door to it and then Calliope yep. is like one of the little mini, mini towns at just outside of the skirt. So there's only like, I don't know, 50 houses in Calliope but yeah they're scattered so it's basically just where all the cow paddocks are as you're going through the outskirts of um, Grafton oh that sounds lovely so how long were you there a week a week exactly and it it felt like we were there for so long but then um yeah we come home and we're like oh no there's noise you know the cars (laughs) and the houses and the people and yeah you don't realize how quiet it is until you're there
0: oh lovely oh just
1: what about push- you? We're been busy,
0: but saying that, I have some stories to tell, and I've got to tell you some when I find them. I've had some interesting clients this week, and they've dropped some really funny one-liners, and I'm going to tell you one, and that will you'll enjoy this. Um, a lady of ours, uh, hopefully she'll come on and do a podcast with us in the next few weeks. Lovely lady. She she was well just doing wrapping her arm up, doing a normal chat, and I mean we can she will drop funnies all the time, but this one I had to write down. And she sat, she got up because she had to stand up to put um her sleeve on for the pump. And yep. as she got up, the motion made a fart. <laughs> and she because it wasn't a one fart because she literally had to rock herself to get up out of the chair, so yep. it was. Rock fart, rock fart, <laughs> rock fart, and she's embarrassed. I said, "Look, it's better out than in." And she said, "Dropping farts, dropping fart, and smell a little, then then bust a gut and become a cripple," is her saying.
1: <laughs> How are you going to become a cripple by holding a fart in? But oh, you might explode God. if you hold in too many farts. They reckon that the gas that's released from fart. Um, could potentially like explode your intestines if oh. you held it in enough. I mean, you'd have to. It'd have to be a lot of gas. It would. Oh my gosh,
0: I I don't know. I loud and proud here, loud and proud. But yeah, that was um, one of the stories today, one of many, um, and I'll save some of them Maybe as we she, go on. Um,
1: was aware that she did it because a lot of our
0: clients don't even know. <laughs> Pretend it doesn't happen. And it's just like, okay, I can, you don't want to go there. I get it. We will not discuss what just happened. I'm okay with this. But then we get the whiff of the smell on top of it. It's like, <laughs> and you, you, 98% of the time, your face is going to be in that area for them yep. when they fart, without a doubt. Uh, it's just hilarious. But yeah, she was funny. And as I said, we'll see, we'll speak to her uh, down the track. She she's a treasure, absolute treasure. Anyway, we're going to talk about pregnancy edema. Now, Harms, um, you've just had a baby.
1: And you had suffered with pregnancy edema. Want to tell I us some more? I did this was my fifth pregnancy and I've never suffered, uh, sorry, I lie actually. I did suffer some pregnancy edema in my second pregnancy, um, but that was at week 38 to week 40. So, sorry, week 36 to week 38. So, it it was sort of expected because her pregnancy was in the summer. I was right at the end, you know, high humidity. And so, that was fine. I accepted that. But this pregnancy, I had it from 22 weeks onwards. And um, I don't know if you remember, Shell, but Uh, I put on 16 kilos in a matter of like three weeks.
0: When was that? That was the last one. That was with
1: Oakland, yeah. That was the pregnancy fluid. Did
0: not even notice. You must have, I mean, let's face it, your belly was pretty big. We all thought you were having twins. (laughs) Yes.
1: So Even um, had you convinced you were having twins? Everyone was convinced. I still have people coming to me saying, so where's the other one? (laughs) 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 But... um. Yeah, so from 22 weeks onwards, um from 22 weeks to around 27 weeks I put on all up of 20 kilos in fluid. And I know that it was fluid because when I had her, I um basically peed it all out within a week. I dropped oh. that 20 kilos by day 5.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. I was
1: going to say how long did it take to to return to yeah. normal. So, I probably took me a good 2 weeks in total, um like I noticed that at the end of my um, sort of at the end of that two weeks, I was just sort of removing that last little bit of fluid between my toes, you know, right at um, the very base of the feet. It was an interesting experience because I've never had body issues before and this really challenged that, you know, putting on 20 kilos in a matter of like four weeks, five weeks um, is one And let's one face thing.
0: it, you are a size, just putting out that you are a size 10 or smaller, you're only uh, a yeah. little.
1: Well, I went from... At the start of the pregnancy, I was a size six. So I went from a size six to a size twelve. And that wasn't because of the belly. Um, you know, my belly, that's not um it, that was just my pants. So oh my gosh. It was a lot of fluid. Um and I, yeah, it was just a big shock because I didn't, you know, know why. And um dealing with that. I'm glad that I did because now I have a better understanding and compassion for people that go through it. You know, I've yes. always been one of those people that's like, oh, it's just fluid. Shh. It's not an issue, you know, especially when you're young and you've got mobility and um, good health. But it does. It's, it is really difficult. And it was, you know, like I said, it was great for me to um, experience the air pumps that we use because I've used them before but obviously with no fluid and using them with fluid, it's a totally different feeling. Oh, yes. And, um, I mean, I knew they worked before because obviously our clients see great results, but to actually experience the relief firsthand yeah, um, was crazy.
0: Oh, my gosh. Did you notice, Um, did you happen to take your blood pressure and see how you were with your blood pressure?
1: Yeah, so originally when it first happened, my first thought was obviously, you know, preeclampsia or something dangerous because yeah. that's usually where it goes to... Um, Pregnancy edema is normal in most cases, but obviously there's always those few people that put it on overnight like I did. And most of the time that leans towards um some uh high blood pressure issues. But I was really lucky. Mine was um perfectly fine. Stayed, you know, textbook 110 to 120, 60 over 80, or sorry, 60 to 80. Um, it was more my um my O2, like my oxygen levels, that sort of decreased a bit. But I also think, as well, that was when we, um, 22 weeks, I started putting on fluid, and by 20, week 28, I had COVID. Yeah, so uh,
0: you were really sick at that stage, weren't you? Yeah.
1: It's a little bit different, obviously, because after COVID, I experienced extreme tachycardia up until maybe only about a month or so ago. It finally yeah. stopped. Yeah. So, um, Makes you think because, you know, it happens overnight. It comes out of nowhere. It makes you really uncomfortable. And, you know, it's um. you're already juggling with the, the changes in your body and the hormone changes and things. And then to have all of those extra fluid, you know, I had pitting edema up to my thighs. Yeah. Which in our industry is quite excessive. Yes. Um, And I was, you know, I'm everyone who knows me knows that I preach the daily sequencing and Um, I was doing that three, four, five times a day sometimes, and it just didn't make any difference. You know, we were pushing out, I think, one lot of measurements that we did, um, Chris and I did for the home, because the last two weeks of the pregnancy, I was pumping almost twice a day. So I'd pump in the morning because I'd wake up with fluid and I'd do a quick 20-minute pump just to sort of get things moving. And then um, on the days where I was really active and quite busy, I would do another a proper full pump session at night. And one of the ones that I measured, I lost something like 36 centimeters between both legs.
0: Oh wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so just because we're going back to COVID, you were really sick and then you not saying you got over COVID, but then you had influenza straight after it. And you, yeah, how did you go with
1: being pregnant and going
0: through that? How did that look?
1: That was really um a big struggle because the I had the whole symptom. So everybody sort of, you know, COVID is one of those things where the symptoms are not the same for everybody. It's, yeah. It's so strange. So it went through our house and, you know, I had the first four days um, I had back and chest pain and I actually was, they were causing contractions. So I thought that I was in sort of preterm labor or having irritable uterus. And every time I'd get myself ready to go to the hospital, it would stop and I'd think, yeah. oh, it was just, you know, the baby moving or being in the wrong position but um i had four days of chest and back pain and then it turned into the you know the the i say proper COVID symptoms but what you would expect i had the fevers the headaches um the headaches were so intense that i couldn't open my eyes i started taking had to take paladol for the first time in five years yeah um just for the fevers and the headache it was i had COVID. For 12 days or COVID symptoms for 12 days yeah um then i had a week off and that's when you guys started to go down with COVID, and yeah. then i contracted influenza from one of our other clients so it was interesting it wasn't a very nice journey
0: for you guys that's for sure especially no. when you've been so pregnant and then you're suffering with edema on top of it though. yeah
1: and because of the edema that i had um, it had put extra pressure obviously on my system. So when I had contracted COVID, I wasn't able to clear my lungs out properly. Yeah. And so I don't know if you remember, but I had severe back pain. Yes. radiating sort of right in my middle back. Yeah. And every time I'd go to the doctor, they were saying that my chest was clear and everything was fine um, and that it wasn't related to COVID. It was just muscle pain. Yeah. But the moment I had Oakland, literally the moment I had her, I had a huge um, cough. Yeah, and it t- it was a wet cough yep. and I coughed up a whole bunch of fluid Oh my and then for two weeks after I had a wet cough and I was coughing up phlegm but that back pain disappeared as soon as oh, wow. my cough stopped that back pain was gone so and obviously so there was a build-up of fluid there was still stuff but I think it was right down the very bottom and they weren't actually listening or you know they weren't uh, listening in the right spaces yeah so um it was yeah, it was really, really difficult for me just because of that and the pain, like the level of intensity, you know, um, working still and then getting over the flu. I mean, getting over the flu, that was a hard flu for anybody to get through. Um, But to be pregnant as well just made it more difficult because you're already exhausted. You're already tired. You're already feeling overwhelmed with, you know, doing all the things, especially for us, you know, we've got the five, five kids now, but we had the four kids and homeschooling. So, you already don't feel like you can catch a break. And then when you know that you need the break, I was so grateful because all my kids got sick at the same time. So we were all, um, they were okay to rest, whereas in normal situations, they just look at me and go, well, I'm fine. So let's just get up and go.
0: Yeah. It's a bit hard when you're a mum, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So did you
0: notice with um, your edema that you had an increase in fluid output?
1: Increased fluid output? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I definitely noticed, like after I would pump, that I would um, not so much pee like a racehorse, but my bladder was definitely full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the difference between a full bladder release and yeah, you know, just a normal trip to the toilet. So yeah. I noticed that difference. Um, for the first time, I also noticed my husband explains that um, when you pee out lymphatic fluid, or oh, you know after a drainage. Um, he says that the urine kind of feels different when it comes oh, really? out. And I never got that. I was like, that sounds so weird. But it actually does. So um, it I noticed that it feels silky. Like it's it's just different. It doesn't okay. feel like you're peeing out water. Um, and I also noticed that it, it wasn't a different colour. Obviously, we don't want to change our urine from yellow to pink. But it was... Um, you could tell that it wasn't just urine if that makes sense yeah you know it was i don't know it's very strange to explain but um i noticed it on the days where i pumped that something was different yeah and something to ask clients next time yeah absolutely but um i definitely noticed like after i had oakland i was peeing a lot yeah i reckon um after I had her, I reckon I probably peed at least 15 times a day and they mm. weren't little, you know, trickles. They were full bladder releases where my bladder was at its f- like overflowing load. Yeah. And um, at first I was like, I don't understand why I'm peeing so much. And Chris was like, um, you've got edema. Yeah. <laughs> don't you know that? It's releasing out of your body. And I was like, where's it coming from? He's like. Um, I think you're asking the wrong person these questions. (laughs) You should be asking yourself. So it's interesting too, you know, like if I was talking to somebody else and helping someone else out with the same things, my brain would be like, oh, you should do this. And this is why this is happening. But because it was my own body, I was like, why am I peeing so much? I'm not even (laughs) drinking enough water. Yeah, speaking of water, so... How much fluid were
0: you drinking to while well, you had so much edema? You know how some clients do not want to drink fluid because of their edema. Yeah, um, you, you sort of don't want to stop drinking fluid. But what was your threshold?
1: Um, well, I, I'm a big water drinker anyway. Um, normally, so we sort of sit around the two to three liters a minimum a day. Um, I did notice towards the end of my pregnancy that it really dropped off. But when the fluid issues first started arising, I, um, I sort of just peed it off a little bit, mainly because I already know that the more water we drink, the more, more water we expel. Yeah. So um, I wasn't too concerned about, you know, I was retaining the water that I was drinking. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure that I stayed hydrated. So for yeah. me, it's, it's always been a case of listening to my body. When I yeah. need water, I drink water. But I definitely know that I slowed down my consumption um, maybe not drastically, but enough that I noticed it, you know, yeah. Um, when it all sort of started going down, mainly because I was wondering why I, you know, wasn't sure if it was a, a health concern or if it was yeah. just standard pregnancy edema. It didn't take me long to figure that out. But um, yeah, to begin with, it was sort of just a making sure like we're not we're not overloading yes. and that's not causing the issues. Um, and then obviously I went through the standard of what we do for our clients, which was Am I doing all the right things? Am I doing my daily sequencing? Can I pump? Which I did. I think at one stage as well, I was, you know, um, doing traditional bandaging and grip through the day just to sort of give myself some relief and making sure that none of my nodes and things were blocked, which, you know, that obviously um, when you have all that fluid come into your system, it can overload your nodes because they're not used to it.
0: Did you find you had to change your diet for when you are pregnant? Because you know how sometimes you have um, inflammation after you eat something, like I notice I can't have salmon anymore because I'm on that keto. Yep. But um, have you noticed with your own diet when you were pregnant that there's certain things you couldn't eat as well being um, pregnant and the fact that it caused
1: more bloating and swelling? Yeah, so I did notice that um, like my my bloating or sorry, my swelling would get worse on days where we would have, more bad foods yeah on the days where I didn't have you know um smashed avo and feta on toast or something decent for breakfast and I turned to banana bread instead yeah um that the swelling would be worse by the end of the day yeah but at the same time I don't restrict my diet when I'm pregnant because I'm so sick um I suffer hyperemesis so the foods that I can eat I tolerate you know and um if I didn't have to eat what I can I probably would have noticed more what was actually setting me off. I think, obviously, the foods that I eat are, are, or the foods that I was eating was a lot of carbs and a lot of starches, which we know are inflammatory towards lymphedema and lymphedema. Um, So, obviously, looking back now, there's probably a lot more that I could have done to help myself. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're struggling, you don't really care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough.
1: Speaking of struggling, so how was your mental health through that when you had that edema? Look, it was good in the sense that I um, obviously having my mindset coaching and my mindfulness thing, like tools there, I was able to utilize them whenever I felt really bad. But it was a really big struggle because obviously coming from an itty-bitty size six to, you know, advancing to a size eight, which is totally fine. Like I've had five pregnancies now and the first four pregnancies, I only put on five kilos for the whole pregnancy. Mm. That was it. So this one really rocked me because I'd gone from a size 6 to a size 10 in less than a month. Um, And by the end of the pregnancy, I was a size 12. So, again, not really an issue. I don't actually care about the weight gain, but I knew that it wasn't weight. Yeah. You know, and I knew that it was fluid. Um, The thing that got me more was the fact that, you know, it was the, um, the fact that my body didn't feel like mine. Yeah. That's what really triggered my mental health issues when I, you know, it wasn't that I looked in the mirror and I felt fat. It was that I looked in the mirror and my bottom half was heavy and it was uncomfortable. And, you know, my clothes weren't fitting properly, which obviously is normal in pregnancy, but it was my legs that weren't fitting properly. It wasn't my, my hips or, you know, my stomach. I struggled a lot. I am very grateful that I had friends who kind of were able to pull me up when I needed to, you know, um, I was messaging and I was keeping a really hard focus on my weight because part of me was like, it's not a you know, I'm only 22 weeks, 24 weeks. It can't be all fluid. It has to be some weight gain as well, surely. Yeah. And, um, so I was at one point I was sort of checking my weight every few days and, um, I remember one week, literally, I checked my weight on the Tuesday and then came back on the Monday and checked my, like, the following Monday. And I'd put on eight kilos Jeez. from the Tuesday to the Monday. And I just cried because in my head I was like, there's got to be something wrong or this is, you know, um, this is me because of what I'm eating and what I'm doing and I'm not doing enough. So, then I worked, tried to work out harder at the gym. But obviously, I was high premises, so vomiting all the time. So, I didn't have the energy and, um, you know, didn't have the uh, stamina in my legs to do much because of all the fluid in there. So it was very difficult. I think at one point Chris might have even turned the mirrors around in the house just so that I didn't pay attention. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I have four little reminders here that are like, your butt's really jiggly now. (laughs) Or as my kids really loved, I've got um, a seven and nine year old and they love fidgets. And so they were using my feet as poppet feet. They would sit there and put a finger in my fluid in my feet and then watch it rise back up to normal and then pop it down again. Oh gosh. Yeah. So there was, you know, there was things um, about it that I loved. Like I said, the poppet feet, I loved that the kids would give me a massage every night. I was going to say that's a nice massage. Yeah. They just wanted to play with the, you know, with the fluid, but it was a good learning experience for them too. And like I said, it's it's allowed me to have a lot more compassion and understanding for the people who do suffer because I've had four pregnancies where the only thing I've suffered from is hyperemesis, no other complications, which, you know, hyperemesis vomiting up to 30 times a day isn't fun anyway. I was going to say don't, don't rule that out as
0: just an a small issue. I've yeah. seen you very, very sick.
1: Yeah, and so I know that that's a struggle, but this definitely rocked me because it's not it's not something that I normally have to deal with. And the biggest thing that kind of really shocked me was just how quickly, even though I was the logical part of my brain was telling me it's just fluid. It's fine. It's going to go when you, you know, when you had the baby, the other part of my brain was going, you've jumped three dress sizes. You're the biggest you've ever been in a pregnancy, you know, or since I think my first pregnancy, cause I was a uh, size 14 to 16 with Ella. Yeah. Um, And so it was a real mental game of, of, one side of my brain telling me that everything's fine and normal and just accept it and let it go, and the other part of my brain going, this isn't normal, you shouldn't accept it, it's not okay, you need to lose weight, you need to work harder, you need to do all these things, which no pregnant woman should ever have to suffer those sorts of That's thoughts. a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and like I said, especially for me because I don't believe in body, it's not that I don't believe in body issues, sorry. I've never experienced body issues for myself. Mm. So I've never had a concern. Even when I have been a size 16, I've never looked at myself with negative thoughts. Yeah, I've just always accepted it and gone, I'd like to lose weight. Absolutely. I'd like to feel better and look better. But it's never been a huge um, letdown for me or, you know, a focus. Yeah. And so this time it, it really was. It didn't matter. There were some some days there that all I could think about was the fact that I'd put on two kilos in a few days or yeah. the fact that my pants didn't fit, you know. Um, I went through more wardrobe changes yes. in the sense of, like, having to go out and buy more clothes this pregnancy than I did for all of my other pregnancies combined. Yeah. Because every couple of weeks my pants wouldn't fit. Every couple of weeks yeah. my undies were too small. Yeah. And um, it was just fluid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that you were swelling in your arms and hands as well or just your feet?
1: Yeah. So um, it was, my feet were always swollen, even when I would elevate them. Um, The swelling would always go up to my calves. And so in the mornings I'd wake up and my feet and calves would be swollen, but by the end of the day, my knees and thighs would be swollen. And my hands were always swollen in the mornings, but they would sort of level out I sort of would make my coffees sort of just doing like little, you know, twinkle, twinkles above my head. Not so much in my arms, but like in my axilla under my yeah. arms, I could feel it, Um, especially in the the mornings after I'd pump. If I pumped yeah. right before bed, I would notice in the mornings that my axillas would be um quite swollen and I'd just give them a bit of a, a, like a massaging sequence to try and release it. So, you know, the beauty is, is that I have all of um, the tools available to me, you know, obviously yeah. doing this business. It was sort of perfect in a sense that I, I was able to do everything that, you know, I knew we would do for clients anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, if this happened in one of my other pregnancies, I wouldn't have had that knowledge there and I wouldn't have had the ability to access the compression therapy yeah. and, um, and I wouldn't have the awareness and the knowledge there either that it's just edema you know yeah. that it will go away so yeah yeah
0: did you um find that was quite painful having the edema my
1: feet yes so my what's feet that like paked. more so it's like pins for me it was when it, i would get pins and needles all the time especially when i was in the office sitting down yeah um so i was constantly trying to like elevate my feet you know um higher than normal and i found that i had really bad restless leg just because yeah. I could feel – there were some days there that I could feel the fluid transferring from my thighs to my feet. Yep. You know, yep. if I sat there long enough and quiet enough, I could actually – it felt like little worms crawling yeah. inside my legs. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Pain-wise, wasn't too bad. Like I said, it was more my feet. They burned and they ached, and I could feel when they would really swell up. Yeah. Um, But it's more the heaviness. You know, yeah. I didn't have – too much pain in my legs. The only time I really had pain was on like the end of the week. You know, I'd noticed by the end of the week, um, my feet felt like elephant feet and my feet just the bottom, like the base of my feet. I was getting fluid, not just on the top of my feet, but on the bottoms as well, which Oh wow. Um, so that kind of felt like um kind of felt like I had burns on the bottom of my feet, oh, you know, like so it's it stunned. Yeah. Oh. It kind of when the fluid would fall to the bottom of my feet. It stung to put pressure on it. Oh, wow. Um, and I could feel every time I'd like put my feet down and, you know, do a step, you could feel the fluid sort of dispersing to the sides. Yeah. And that's what would cause the sting would be that there'd be so much fluid from the base of my feet to wrap around to the sides. So what what I can picture, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, you know how you
0: have the gel feet in soles in your shoes and yeah. you sit on, when you start walking and you can feel the slosh of the gel. Did it yeah. feel like that?
1: yep exactly oh wow so and that was burning sensation yeah so I had um every time that I would go through that I would have this baby visit speak of the devil (laughs) um yeah so it was burning and stinging more than anything else but I definitely got the the heaviness feeling you know I found that um this pregnancy, I sat more than I ever have before because mm. I would stand up for f- five minutes. Like I'd literally get out of bed and my feet would already be swollen. Oh. And by the time I'd walk from my bedroom down to the kitchen, um, I would feel like I had ants in my pe- like in my legs just because the, the the fluid would be trickling then and going straight Ooh. down to my feet. So, how did you sleep? <sighs> Apart from restless legs, did A you lot? have restless
0: legs? Yeah, oh, you slept
1: well. So no, I didn't really sleep at all. Um oh, wow. Chris and I would like Chris would try, like I said, towards the end of the pregnancy I was pumping every night. Yeah. Um and I'd literally go straight from the massage bed with the um with the leg sleeves on and then I would go straight to bed just to try yeah. and keep the fluid at bay. How much did you sleep?
0: And did you find that you 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 talked about restless legs. Was that still an issue while you had when you were pregnant, so you, yeah, your so
1: pregnancy? Yeah, so the sleeping um, my edema. Sorry, my insomnia was really bad. Obviously, that's a normal pregnancy issue, um, but I would find that, like I said, when I'd go to bed, I could feel it felt like I had bugs crawling through my legs. Yeah. So. Um, a lot of the time I wouldn't sleep or if I did, I would wake up all throughout the night. Um, And like I said, the fluid never left my feet, even after using the um, pumps. I would lose a lot of fluid, but not from my feet. It was like I've got itty-bitty legs. So my feet sort of, when I put my feet into the pump, my feet get pushed right up into the top of that um, Yeah you know, the bit where the feet go. Yes. And so they actually kind of miss, the pump misses my feet entirely. Yeah. Oh. And so um, it would remove all the fluid from all of my legs, but then I'd have to get Chris to sort of just push the last little bit of fluid from my toes and sort of try and get it up to my knees. Yeah. The um, things you do for a massage, my dear. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, we sort of just did the regular, you know, like I elevated my feet as much as I could. Um, which is difficult when you're pregnant because obviously you move around so much anyway just to get comfortable. Yeah. Um, But I found as well that my hips got sore because of all the fluid that was surrounding, you know, my thighs and my backside essentially. Yeah. Um, I found that my hips were aching a lot more. They felt heavier. They Like when I'd lay on my side and my fluid was bad on those days, I could actually feel the weight from the fluid. Yeah, it was definitely a different experience. Did you um try to do any exercise at all during that period? Yeah, so no. um originally that's actually what not what set it off, but the timing was sort of all perfect. So for the first eighteen weeks of my pregnancy, I couldn't do anything other than work and be at home like I was literally working um obviously at lymphatic care, vomiting in between clients, sometimes at the clients' houses yeah. like, you know, um and then around the 18 week mark, I started to feel a little bit normal. So I thought, oh, I'll go back to the gym and I'll just move my body a little bit. You know, my, my, um my gym has a um, sauna and they've got beautiful yoga classes and stuff like that. So I thought, oh, at least if I can get to yoga and just do yoga twice a week, I'm, I'm doing something for my body. Yeah. And um, I did that for the first four weeks. And then I'd actually started to implement more classes and go back to the gym properly because I was feeling great. And that's when the fluid started. And originally I thought the fluid had only come, you know, it was just swelling. I'd maybe overdone it at the gym. Um, But it got to the point by the fourth week when the fluid really kicked in, like I said, I put on something crazy like 16 kilos in four weeks. Um, By the time the fluid had got to its optimal level, A, I had no gym gear that fit me and P, oh, my no. legs were so sore um, that I didn't care. I got yeah. to the point where I was like, if I can make, a, if I can make it to the end of my driveway without complaining, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, um, because obviously I only live around the corner from the office, I just tried to use that. Like I'd walk to work and walk home. Yeah, and use that as my. I was. It's only a ten minute walk or seven minutes, I think, from yeah. here to the office. Yeah, but I'd just do that. You know, little bits at a time. And again, that was where my mindfulness and awareness sort of came in really handy. Was I was able to tell myself, it is just fluid. I'm yeah. not. I don't need to lose weight. I'm pregnant. I need to take the time. My body's trying to tell me things. Um, and just to do what I can. Okay. And so- on days where I could do things, I did. And on days that I couldn't, I didn't. So all those new mums who
0: are pregnant right now who are listening um, or family members who know someone who's pregnant with edema, what would you um, suggest or a tip for them?
1: Definitely, if they can, get onto a pump or a manual drainage for sure. That's yeah. That was like a saving grace for me. You know, I'd get my feet out of those sleeves and I would feel so much more comfortable, even if it was only for a few hours. Um, that was a few hours of relief. But in all honesty don't tell them that they're stupid or that they're, you know, that there's nothing wrong. It, 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 obviously, edema is not, um, we don't need to be severely concerned about it, but it's a big thing. And I think um, if people can have a little bit more patience is probably mm. the best word. Um, you know, you don't need to find a solution. You don't need to help them. You just need to have patience and kind of say, I hear you yeah. and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the best thing was, you know, massages and just like I said my feet hurt more this time from all the fluid than any other pregnancy before and I'd get into bed and my feet would be burning and all I would want was just someone to touch my feet they didn't even have to massage them it would be purely just to sort of you know shift the fluid around so that it wasn't just all stagnant but if you can that would be one of the best things is you know get them a pardon me get them a massage get them um if they can get to a practitioner, get them to a practitioner so that at least they can implement some kind of compression, you know, to help reduce the fluid um, and just make them comfortable. Yeah, I reckon also be kind to yourself. Yeah, oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely. You know, the, as you said, you know, in mental health you really struggled with those couple of kilos that you put on quite quickly and I think what I'm hearing is you really need to be kind to yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I always, um, I think pregnant women are the, you know, they're the ones that really need to be put up on the pedestal because totally the the health of a child starts at the in the pregnancy. Well, it starts yeah. before then. Yeah. But you know, if the mother doesn't feel good about herself and the mother doesn't feel good within herself, then those things then get projected onto the baby. Yeah. Whether it be because the mum resents the pregnancy or the mum resents herself or the baby. Yeah. Um but weight gain is one thing. Um, obviously fluid, I, I don't know, I suppose because it just comes out of nowhere, you know, that's what I think is the biggest struggle. Like it's not two kilos here and then a kilo here and then another kilo here. It's most of the time, like from the friends that I had spoken to that had suffered, it was an overnight thing. Yes. One day they had no fluid and then the next day they had heaps. And yeah, So I think if you are suffering from pregnancy edema, it's one of the things to do would be to get the support with people who are suffering the same thing Um, and just try to do whatever you can, you know, on the days. Know that it's not something that you've done. You haven't done anything wrong because, like I said, I've had four pregnancies where I haven't suffered any edema and then this pregnancy was the worst where I, you know, was constantly questioning, am I doing something wrong? Is there something going on that I'm not aware of? You know, I, I mean, how many times did we check my blood pressure and my oxygen stats and do, Lots. you know, urine dipsticks just yeah. to make sure that it was just edema? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, just being kind to yourself, you know. I mean, you should be kind to yourself anyway. You're growing another human being by yeah. adding all that on. And I think, you know, um, one of the big things is for me anyway As a partner, would be to not ignore it. You know, one thing that men are told to do is to say, "Oh, you look beautiful anyway, baby," and that's lovely. But as a wife, I don't want you to lie to me. I want you to be honest with me and say, "Yeah, you have put on some weight, but it's fluid and it's okay." You know, you can discuss weight gain, especially if you're both on the same page and you're openly communicating. For me, it was it was good when Chris didn't just reject my like my comments and concerns because he could yeah. have he could have just been like baby you're beautiful that's yeah. all that matters you know yeah. you're growing a healthy baby i know that that's all that matters but sometimes it's really nice to complain about your problems and just have someone go yeah that sucks yeah yeah you know, rather than be like well, you should be grateful that it's just this like yes i am grateful that i'm not actually sick and that it is just edema but these problems are still problems and they're still here for the you know remainder of the pregnancy so i'd like to complain about them when i need to thank you so it'd be good if
0: with the dads out there understand what edema looks like as well really
1: because absolutely they
0: can't they can't support their partner if they don't know what's going on so this is where our podcast comes in handy and they can learn and also we do have stuff on facebook with pregnancy edema as well um but I think dads need to learn a lot as well because if you yeah. they don't know what's going on, they can't support without knowledge. No. And absolutely. as I said, knowledge is power. And that is something that, you know, the poor dads need to learn as well as they go.
1: Yeah. Um, I something. think um, you know, the like maternity system needs to um I think it really does need a a complete revamp in the sense that, you know, even their birthing classes are, they use a video from 1996 or something. Oh, you're kidding. Like, it's It's still, we don't birth that way anymore. No. You know, I think there should be things that when, especially the things that are common, you know, like um, insomnia and pregnancy edema. Um, things that the women are complaining about that are just sort of brushed off as like that's just pregnancy just deal yeah. with it yeah because um, that's what I felt a lot like that's what I noticed within myself and I understand because that's how I used to be yeah um, but sitting there brushing it off like oh it's just a I should just get over it I'm not allowed to complain about it because that's what the system does the system yeah. turns around and says it's normal it's fine it's okay you know you've been checked and flicked for any concerning issues it's not that You're just going to have to manage it, which is totally fine. But then what happens is sometimes the partners and the family can go, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. So, we're just going to forget about it and just act like it's nothing. When the mum is sitting there, like I said, for me, I really experience that feeling of I'm uncomfortable and you just don't get it. Yeah. You just don't get it. They're not, um, you're actually not being heard really, are you? Yeah, exactly. Because everyone's, you know, turning around saying, oh, well, it's normal. You know, it's a bit of fluid. Yeah, it's a little bit of fluid. But if you've experienced extreme edema like I had and a lot of mums I know, I think, yeah, if the, if the families and the, the partners could be a little bit more educated on the sense of this is what they may feel. They may feel heaviness in their legs. They may feel discomfort. They may feel restless leg. They may have pain. And then moving forward to how can you help? Yeah can you do a massage can you do yeah. an epsom salt you know cold water yeah. uh, ice water soak or yeah um you know we did that a lot actually i think we even went camping at one stage and one of our village friends was like here's a bucket here's a bunch of ice sit in your feet and do not move for an hour <laughs> yeah 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 it's um more about the education i think and just allow like getting people i think this goes for everyone not just for pregnancy edema is for our clients in general i mean is just learning to understand that everybody's journey is different, which we've totally. said multiple times before, yeah. allowing your partner to feel like it's okay. Yeah, It's okay that they're not happy. It's okay that they're complaining and it's okay that they're uncomfortable and that they just want to whinge about it because it's a small price to pay for what, you know, they, they're doing. They're growing a human yeah. being. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest frustrations in the system itself is that, Um, a lot of the issues are sort of brushed under the carpet and then that creates a disconnect and miscommunication between the partners because the mum feels, or at least this is how it was for me sometimes, is that I felt way worse than what everybody was kind of, it felt like everybody was just dancing around me, ignoring the situation. And I know that I wasn't dying. I was perfectly capable and fine. But even to get up and go to the toilet felt like an effort because it was an extra 20 kilos in my legs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so and then on top of that, obviously having a big belly baby as well. Um, baby belly, I should say. Um, so your center of gravity and everything is out, but everything just feels like an effort. And so, you know, I was calling on Chris to do everything because everything felt like an effort. It was like, oh, I have to get up and make a cup of coffee. That's fine. I actually really want a cup of coffee, but oh, I'd put my feet on the ground and immediately I'd have pins and needles, or I'd have, you know, stinging, burning sensation in the bottom of my feet. And I'd think, oh, do I really want that coffee? Yeah. Because I've got to walk 60 steps and then I've got to stand there at the kettle for, you know, two minutes waiting for the kettle to boil. Um, And it got to the point where I felt really lazy because Mm. I was not doing half of the things that I normally do. Um, purely because I was going to experience a level of discomfort that I just didn't want.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story because that was that's amazing, and I'm sure that will help a lot of new mums, and also our um, mums to be who are suffering with edema. Because you know that's a journey on its own before Bubs comes along, or even after. You know, you've got to give yourself time to heal and also be kind is one of the be kind to yourself is one of the biggest thing that we promote yeah. as well if you're not sure about something ask the question and and see how you go don't don't just let the health system brush you under the carpet it's that's not what it's supposed to happen we're supposed everyone's supposed to support you um in this amazing journey but thanks again harmy for sharing your story and i really thank appreciate you. it okay thank you S- got to go guys. bye Hey, we have a website, info.lymphaticcare.org, if you want to go and check us out. We also have Facebook and Instagram. There's lots to learn there. If you want to reach out via email, info.lymphaticcare at gmail.com. All those who live in the Brisbane area, give us a call, 0410 032 335. Got to go.